Chad. No, we don't get the happy intro for today. <laughs> this movie uh, doesn't deserve it. Uh, we don't get a we don't get a super greeting today. No. This uh this movie was uh was something undeserving of our greatness. <laughs> um, Damn you, George Clooney. Uh, you take the word bat and you replace it with one letter, and that's about that's how this movie was. Um, <laughs> well, guys, uh, I guess uh, that welcome to that sound spooky the podcast. Um, today, I'm supposed you're you're probably wondering if you've never tuned in before based on the episode title. We're covering <laughs> Batman and Robin, and the reason for that is because we have a trick or treat bucket, and in the bucket is a ton of scary movies and there are some tricks mixed in and the tricks are some movies that are really good and some then i think i think every movie is one that we love in some way um but some some aren't that good and this was one of those uh, times um batman and robin was our first official trick of the podcast yep we're covering batman and robin and now dom when you told me Batman and Robin was in this, and I when we drew it, I was originally excited to watch this movie. Were you? Because, because that makes because you an it idiot. Had been, it had been years since I've seen this movie. And the last time I saw this movie, I was like 12. And so I think I liked it more then because I was 12. As a 26-year-old man watching this movie, I really wanted to like it. Because I love campy shit, and I love... Batman. I love superheroes in general. I really wanted to like this movie, but it was so damn long. It was such a long movie, and it didn't need to. You could have knocked out a half an it hour. Also, sucks. Forty-five minutes of this movie, and I think you could have. And I think it would have summed it all up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's this cheesy. Movie is a little over two hours for anyone wondering. It is two hours and about five minutes. Yeah. So far too fucking long for a movie like this. An hour, an hour, hour and a half. I think that would have <clears throat> summed it up quite nicely. Twelve minutes would be a nice short, and then we could get George well, Clooney the fuck out of Batman. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind <clears throat> I don't mind uh some puns. I don't like I don't mind corny movies. In fact, quite the opposite. I really like corny campy movies. But Two hours was way too long for this to have this type of film, <laughs> in my opinion. There is, there's so many issues that I have. That's all I really should have to say, but seeing as this is a movie podcast and we picked this movie yeah. to discuss it. Yeah. Where do I start? Um, yeah. It made, um, it made $240 million in the box office, but the budget was $160 million, so they fucked themselves on that. This this yeah. episode's gonna be a bit explicit because the movie makes me mad. <laughs> I told our television teacher today what we were recording for, and he looked at me and went, "Oh man, that's bad." Uh, oh, you told him what the entire point of the po- of the podcast was too. Yeah, I, I explained to Nick about the bucket and what movie we pulled for today, and he was like, "Oh man, yeah, Batman oh, and man. Robin, Batman and Robin." So, and, and and here's the thing: I uh, love Batman. I'm an avid comic book fan. Of course, I, I, love, I mean, love. Chad, you have that book from me that the other, uh, the book about like the creation of Superman. Like, clearly, I mean, you've seen the things on my shelf. You know that yeah. I love comics. I have a uh, just in case anyone wonders, I have a hardback edition that I will always cherish of the Death of Superman. Yeah, 
Um, and Batman's always been one of my favorite superheroes. So, like, again, I really wanted to like this movie because I remember I liked it when I was little. So well, I yeah, had, when you were little. But as an adult a, watching this, you go, wow, this sucks. It had a little bit of a nostalgia for me. But then I put it on, and Dom, I had to, I told Dom before we recorded, I had to stop watching this and come back. It was bad. You know what I did to watch this movie? Uh, I watched it at one and a half speed. Yeah, I, I might have. I had to. I can honestly say I've never done that. I have never watched anything not at the speed uh, it's meant to be watched on. No, it, the great, the best thing about it was watching a two-hour movie at one and a half speed made it like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. That was no. like, no, I just can't do it. And I like, and I like, and I like a lot of the actors that are in this movie. You know, George. No, I, I do too. Um, don't give away the the villains yet. We're gonna talk about those in a minute. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, um, this, was, this was Nipple Batman. Yeah, I'll, I'll, do you want me to start the breakdown? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can we can start that now. We decided, like I said, I made uh, had a budget of one hundred and sixty million dollars, made two hundred and forty at the box office, so not good. Um, this movie came out in nineteen ninety seven, and it basically killed the Batman franchise. Like yeah. they when this they were gonna make a sequel with Clooney as Batman, Joel Schumacher. The, by the way, Joel Schumacher, if he's listening to this, I, I clearly he would be. Um, bold of you to call Alicia Silverstone fat. Anyway, <laughs> Alicia Silverstone plays Batgirl in this very close to the end. Um, it was also in Clueless. Yeah, well, this didn't do much for her career. Um, let me just start by saying a few things I have a problem with. That That's what this whole episode is going to be. There's a few things from the bat that I want to talk about. Get it? Anyway. Yes. Um, like that. So you have Commissioner Gordon in the movie. And you introduce Batgirl. I mean, he sucks, but he's in a few scenes. They all they make yeah. him such a joke. I suppose yeah. you wouldn't have access. Darling, I'm the police commissioner. I have the keys. Like, yeah. Shut up. You're not on a Broadway. But, um, so they have Commissioner Gordon in the movie. And then they introduce Batgirl, who in the comics, her name is Barbara Gordon. Take a guess who she's related to in the comics, Chad. Hmm, I'm going to say Commissioner Gordon. That's right. He's her dad. In yeah. this, they never say her last name. And then they say that she's Alfred's niece. Yeah. You know, I'm a. That bothers me. Let me preference this first by saying, um, I am not one of those people that go into like comic book related stuff. Mm. Um, get too bent out of shape when it doesn't follow. Okay, now, I can I can accept a few things. Now, hang on. Let me let me clarify. If I walk into Spider Man and Uncle Ben is alive and well, that's nah, not okay. Court, no, no, this is this is some serious crimes against the Batman lore. Core, core, th core things that make up a superhero. Um, you know, I, I would literally I, no, literally, what happens to Barbara Gordon in the comics happens because she's Commissioner Gordon's daughter. The Killing Joke, yeah, and everything else, like all those kind of things. When when the Joker shoots her in the spine and paralyzes her in the comics. That's not because she's Batgirl. He doesn't know that. He does that because Commissioner Gordon is her dad. Yeah. Like, so being a Gordon 
really ties into her storyline. It's not just something that's just kind of there. Like, oh, it's funny. The commissioner hates Batman, kind of, but his daughter works. It's not like just that. I mean, that is a point at one point. But it's a serious plot point to screw around with. And it bothers me. Yeah. I don't know um, how much they took nipple Batman's canon uh, seriously. No, they tried to they tried to produce it like a serious Batman movie, but there's far too much humor for it to be a serious Batman movie. Did they try to make it a serious Batman movie? I feel that like that was they, their original they, intention. I feel like they were and, that was and their original and, intention. And Dom, I haven't seen the Batman movie um, in a in a very long time where Jim carries the Riddler, and I no. know, and I know I love that movie because I've seen it more recently than that last one um mm-hmm. and i think the reason i love that movie is because it's bad but it's 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 okay with being bad whereas this movie i feel like they should have leaned in more with the silliness and if they would have leaned more into the silliness and cut it by a, by like a half an hour i think the mm-hmm. movie itself would have been different but the fact of the matter is you have a two hour long batman movie you have george clooney and instead of leaning into the silliness you still have your wisecracking pun punny doctor or mr freeze and you're still not making it silly you're trying to make it serious and you just can't do that yeah you can't the thing is i can see his nipples yeah um i want to i want to throw down with joel schumacher like, I just, you know what I mean? I would just, I would fight him. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many problems with this. Um, do you know one of the problems that if they made the sequel they were planning on, I would have lost it? Oh, yeah. What were they trying to do? Who was the one bad the, guy? Scarecrow. Okay. But you know who was going to play Scarecrow and what his backstory was? Oh, I feel like this is going to be terrible. You know the motorcycle race scene? Yeah. One of those racers was played by Coolio. Oh, no. And Coolio's name in the movie is Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Oh, the Scarecrow. No. Oh, Could you imagine no. Coolio as the Scarecrow? <laughs> no offense, Coolio. That's not your shtick. Oh, man. You know, I'm really happy. Whenever I... Whenever I uh... Whenever I look up a movie for one of these podcasts, um, even though I'm pretty, even though like you know, I know a lot about actors, and I know not, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I look up the cast list so that way I at least know the names of like the characters who are playing. Um, mm-hmm. And um, did you and, meet Coolio and I, in the really cast happy. list and wonder where he no, was? No, no, that's what I was gonna say. I'm happy I didn't dig deep enough to oh, see Coolio. I have, then some, I, would have I have some fun information on the cast members then, here. Then I, because then I would have said, Coolio? What? Uh-huh. And then I would have made one of two things. I would have either rewatched the movie and, and tried to find him myself. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized I wasn't going to sit through this movie again, I would have then just looked it up. And then I would have saw the name and I would have been like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the fun things I like about this, do you remember that old gossipy lady that's in the movie, yeah. like a few scenes? Yeah. That uh, Her name is Gossip Gertie. She's played by Elizabeth Sanders, who, XOXO. Is, the wife, who is the <laughs> wife of Bob Kane, the creator of Batman. Okay. So that was actually cool. Um, cool. There's so many side characters like Mr. Freeze's, and I'm reading this direct from the, the Wikipedia, Mr. Freeze's sexy assistant who flirts with him constantly. 
Vivica Fox. You yeah, know her name Vivica in the movie a, is Vivica A. Fox. I, you know, it's funny. I um. Do you know I, what her name in the I, movie is? I just read it. I don't Miss remember. Miss Behaven. Yeah, that's what it was. Fuck yeah. you, Joel Schumacher. Uh, see, I see. I think stuff like that's funny. I love that. It <laughs> mm, it bothers me because again, it's the whole Mr. Freeze thing. And I'll was get into mis- that. Was misbehaving and in the Batman comics? I'm more of a Marvel. Comic. No, I know. I know a lot about the Marvel comics. Um, um, I know the important stuff to yeah. like DC, um, but my DC universe knowledge is significantly less vast. As, oh, than I'm I'm a big I'm, I'm a walking encyclopedia of both. When I was a when I was a younger kid, my mom bought me the Marvel and DC encyclopedias, and from mm-hmm. then on, I became insufferable to anyone around me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, do you uh, do you ever do you pay for uh, DC Universe? Uh, I did once, and I watched all of Titans in two days. Yeah, that's and I something stopped that paying I, for it. It's definitely something I want to check out because there's a lot of content that I want. You know, that, that new could Harley, be a future Patreon Harley. thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that could be a new Patreon thing. We could watch Titans and Doom Patrol because those are considered a horrible. Yeah, and the new the new Harley Quinn show looks really good Funny. too. Yeah, I want to check that out. But back I to like the, the uh, I like the uh, use of swearing. Yeah, back to this movie, the worst horror story we've covered to date. <laughs> so this we start out for- with George Clooney playing Bruce Wayne and Batman. And let me just say, George Clooney, um, when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. Someone decided to ask Clooney at the next big event what he thought, and his response was very similar to the. To, it was it was very close to essentially the sentence, um, "As someone who so ruined Batman, I don't think I'm allowed to give input." <laughs> so good I'm on you for recognizing you- that your movie was horrible. I'm happy George Clooney leans into it, though. You know oh, what I mean? Because you, I- you know, the whole time he's filming that, he's going. Wow, I look like a giant rubber jackass. Yeah, like you um, can't look at that suit and think to yourself, "I'm so cool." Do you know <laughs> how they made the uh, the shoes for the bat suit in this? No, no, hit me with it. They, uh, it was the the prosthetics for the suit uh, and a pair of Air Jordans. That's incredible. I hate it. That's um, incredible. There's so many bat gadgets. I'm just gonna say, it it introduces. George Clooney is Bruce Wayne and Batman. The gadgets made this movie tolerable. Yeah, the gadgets um, were funny. George Clooney is Bruce Wayne playing Dick Grayson. You know, the teenager that he uh, saves from the circus after the hook kills his parents. Um, yep. It's played by Chris O'Donnell. Chris who, O'Donnell, yeah. I'm going yep. to look this up and do the math. Um, I don't know. Uh, Chris O'Donnell is currently 50. So 23 years ago, he was 27 making this movie. Um, I hate to break it to you. 27 is not 15, Chet. No. So they cast a grown man to play a a preteen. But, you know, that's a very very common trope. No, no, but usually usually the person looks the role. Oh, yeah. Chris O'Donnell looks like a grown man. He damn he damn well looked like a grown ass man. Yeah. This this just reminds me of that thing where it's like where, where like it, that thing that happens in modern society where it's clearly two gay men and some old lady goes, "Oh, they must be really good friends." 
Yeah. It's like, what are these two grown men doing around prancing at night wearing rubber suits? It's like, no, 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 that's a teenager. And you go, that's not much better. Yeah. Also, that man's clearly 30. It, it, it just, it, obviously, suspension of disbelief can go so far, considering you're watching a Batman movie. Um, Chris O'Donnell's clearly not a teenager. But, you know, he's it's, a grown fucking man. I, I have a problem. So I have a question. Um, oh, there's a know, lot of problems, but go on. So you bring up, uh, just real quick, you bring up that that's a good, that, that, that point. Um, in the in the Dark Knight trilogy, when they foreshadow uh-huh. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Robin, did you yeah, have Yeah, it doesn't a, happen. Uh, it, it doesn't happen, I know that. But did you have a significant problem with that when it was going to happen? Yeah, out loud when they uh they they oh I like to go with my other name. And then, what's that? He went Robin. I out loud in the theater went fuck you, and then I got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I uh, um, I was not that old when I did that. Yeah, Joseph Gordon Love it in a no. world where he could have been Robin. That's um, that's that a world. Have been just as bad as the guy who played uh, Dick Grayson in Titans. You know, I really think they could have made it work, but no. it really would have upset fans. It w- they wouldn't have made it work because of the issue that Robin is always kind of a teenager. Yeah. And, and then he and gets older and he goes on to do his own thing like Nightwing, as Nightwing. or Red Robin yeah, or Nightwing. Red Hood or that's the, thing. Um, the Prowler, to, if, technically. Yeah. And or that's spoiler, even. If you want to lean into like an, an older actor who's definitely not a teenager playing... Don't put them in that character's teenage years. Well, right. You you can't call him Rob. You can call him Robin, but he has to be Nightwing. Like, you have... The movie mm-hmm. needs to be called Nightwing, and, and that's the thing. And or obviously, do what Batman you know, does. Don't call him Robin. Call him Dick. Yeah. His name. And, and, clearly, and clearly, you know, this 90s Batman movie didn't... I would be hard-pressed to see... Um, to, to find if... If any of the higher ups making this movie were avid Batman fans, um, considering Joel, Joel Schumacher's one big decision was putting nipples on the suit, I'm going to go with no. Yeah, because uh, by um, the way, Batman and Robin have nipples on their suit, and it's made fun of in the movie more than once. Yeah, and um, it's made fun. Of, it's made fun of more in, more in society than just the movie. Oh, it's made fun <laughs> of every day this movie comes up because it's terrible. So yeah. you have Batman and Big Boy Robin. Yeah. Um, now the only now, good actor that that fulfilled their role perfectly was Michael Gao playing. Yeah. The yeah. Alfred in this movie, I love him. He's so wholesome. It's like the genuine like feeling of Alfred, you know. Yeah. No, he the guy. Um. I actually, I have his name right here. Um. Michael. Go- uh. I'm gonna. I did say that. Yeah. I said. I said Gao. Michael Gao, Michael Go. Um, he's no longer with us, sadly. But yeah, um, unfortunately, Alfred has job. passed away. He did a very good job playing Alfred. Um, so I, that and he was one of the things in this movie that I did like. I thought he did a very. Can good I say, job. Uh, Pat Hingle, who played uh, Commissioner Gordon? Don't quit your day job, which I assume yeah, I is a garbage man. Oh no. Um, now, he, no, Donald, I'm not trying to insult him. He just has the physique and look of face as someone who would be like the friendly local garbage man. Uh, like mean, he I reminds me of of Billy, the guy who picks up our trash in my hometown. <laughs> my uncle, my uncle's a garbage man. So whenever I think of a garbage man, I think of my uncle. So he really, you don't think of Commissioner Gordon? 
No, sadly, I don't. Oh, um, but this movie, Batman and Robin, came out in 1997, and so when that movie, and it came never out, improved with age. I was three, so I, I wasn't don't even remember. born. So you weren't born, and I don't remember the time. Two years that. before I was born. I was going to ask when this movie came out, and Batman, and you know, clearly the Batman, Batman's always a Halloween costume. But I have yeah. to wonder, were yeah. they selling Batman costumes with nipples? I can't imagine they were allowed to do that for children. No, Chad. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that costume didn't exist. No, I guarantee it does for weird grown men. No, I'm going to look at I'm going to. Uh, oh, we're going to. Anyway, while that. you're doing that, I'm going to yeah. talk about the movie. Yeah. Um, the first villain that's introduced is Mr. Freeze. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's I one of my favorite. I hate you for saying actors. that already. <laughs> one of my favorite actors. Um, I have many problems with this. First off, Joel Schumacher, who directed the movie, who you constantly hear me making fun of because I hate him for this. Joel Schumacher said, "Mr. Freeze must be big and strong, like he was chiseled out of a glacier." Um, do you know who else was considered for the role of Mr. Freeze? Who? Ed Harris. Anthony Hopkins, and Patrick Stewart. Anthony yeah. Hopkins as Mr. Freeze would have been amazing. I think Patrick because Stewart, Anthony, I mean, absolutely. Mr. Freeze is not a, a, a two-time Olympic decathlete, as they say in the movie. <laughs> He's a frail, spindly scientist who can hardly survive out of his suit. But there's a scene in the movie where Mr. Freeze is in his base, which, by the way, is an ice cream shop in the movie. And he's wearing fuzzy pajamas and furry bunny slippers. Okay, so... Why would he need um, to stay warm, Chad? I totally get um, your your take on this, you know, as somebody... I'm mad. Yeah, as somebody who, like, who, you know, I, I get it. You know, that's not Dr. Freeze. No. Um, as somebody who loves campy, cheesy shit, I love that he was in a bunny, bunny slippers and that his base was in an ice cream shop. Um, but you his lackeys made me disappointed. Well, those you could have, morons you could, on ice skates. You could have still have had all the campiness and the cheesiness and gave him an actor who looked more like him in the comics. But all right, well, here's my question right. for you, Chad. Yeah. How does uh, how does Mr. Freeze driving a, a, a tank fit into the campiness? Oh, well, I mean, I didn't say it was all good. <laughs> no, no. The, I'll, I'll explain this now. Uh, for those of you who know what Gru's car from uh, Despicable Me looks like, Make it chrome and have a bunch of spikes on the front, and you've got Mr. Freeze's car. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who doesn't have a themed vehicle in the DC Universe, Chad? Uh, I would say Mr. Freeze. I would say lots of people. Yeah, unfortunately, the Joker does, but Mr. Freeze doesn't. So him driving this weird spike-shooting tank really pissed me off. Yeah. Especially because... Mr. Freeze is not exactly the grand showman of entrances. He's like, hello, and freezes people. It's like, goodbye. Arnold I drives his you. tank through a wall and goes, cool party. <laughs> By the way, I I have, just in case you're wondering, I do have a list of every shitty ice pun he uses. Oh, and I, I think so my good. favorite has to be, what killed the dinosaurs? The, the Ice Age! age. <laughs> Chad, you know what didn't kill the dinosaurs? The Ice, the ice the Age. Ice age. I, 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 I forgot that that line existed. Every time. When he said it, I literally groaned. Somebody asks Mr. Freeze for mercy, and he goes, Mercy, I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. Like, it's terrible. 
Um, I, okay, the only one, one of the few ones that genuinely made me smile was just hearing him go, The Iceman cometh. I was, yeah, like, was, all right. I was like, all right, that's pretty funny. Uh, towards the end of the movie, when he's like, yeah, I'll freeze in hell, Batman. That was <laughs> <also> funny. <laughs> Let's kick some ice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. the other, I'll, I'll yeah. give you a little, the other two uh, characters were introduced well first off you get the reason for Mr. Freeze stealing diamonds is he wants to freeze Gotham and hold the city for ransom so the city forefathers will give him billions of dollars for his research he's trying to save his wife who's been cryogenically frozen Mr. Freeze is one of the few villains who I emphatically connect with because he's yeah. not doing this out of his desire to be a, an unlawful asshole He's doing it because he loves his wife. His just wife has McGregor syndrome, and he's just trying to. I mean, yeah, but he had an accident in the lab that basically dropped him in this cryogenic freezing solution, but he survived. It mutated him to the point where he needs to survive in sub-zero freezing temperatures. Yeah. And because of this, you know, he can't exactly go around and live in a normal lab. And he turned to a life of crime to try to, you know, save his wife. And every time there's something that deals with Mr. Freeze's backstory, I'm just like, oh, you poor man. I want to help yeah. you. Uh, um, on, you know, whenever, whenever I get, because anytime I watch uh, a, a Batman comic of any kind, I, it always makes me want to dive more into, like, the comics. Um, mm -hmm. I've read, I've read, um, well, and I've read. Is, a, the problem is you can't Batman. do that with this movie. Because this movie doesn't have this movie doesn't go a, a lot of Batman movies, a lot of hero movies, which I love, go off an already established comic line. They kind of adapt that to the movie. This one didn't do that. You know, there's no Heart of Ice, Mr. Freeze backstory, even though they try to say that's what it was. There's no Nightfall with Bane. By the way, Bane is in this movie and he pisses me off. There's nothing nah, like they, that. Especially especially going from watching like the Dark Knight trilogy and seeing mm -hmm. you know my favorite the actor Knight trilogy you know bane. what they did with bane they made him actually bane <laughs> they did the nightfall thing where bane yeah. snaps batman's spine right 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 which is um, one of my favorite lines in batman history second only to uh the long halloween which i just got in full batman noir hardback $50. Oh, my, my, the thing i was gonna say because like you know i've 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 read like court of owls i've read you know, oh, the court of owls is amazing it's very good. They're thinking um, about you know, doing something like that in the new movie with uh, Pattinson's movie. They're yeah, talking no, about the talents, and I'm like, I hope they do. I hope they that'd do. be amazing. I think the Court of Owls would. I said when I first read it, I said this should be in one of the movies because this would mm -hmm. be really good. But this, whenever, whenever I want I, a movie uh, that goes me, off the Batman Zero and R. I know. We'll talk I know about that movie, later. I know this movie did not portray uh, Mister Freeze at all, but it does. It's horrible. To learn the actual story of Mr. Freeze. It makes me want to learn more about him as a character. Um, and I will say, I will admit that's good. Um, because at the basis of it, all Mr. Freeze wants to do is save Nora. He wants to save yeah. his wife. And you're like... He seems um, like one of those villains where they could give him his own comic line, and I think it would do okay. I believe they have. Oh, nice. They've done something similar where it's like focused on Mr. Freeze, but it's not Hazel. It's still a Batman line. Um, yeah. So the other two villains that are introduced are Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman. And I gotta <laughs> say, she, she, it's, it's the perfect casting. She played yeah, a really good, like, 
nervous, jittery wreck before uh, as Dr. Pamela Isley. Um, her creation story is still wrong, but I'm not going to get into that because I think right. Uma Thurman's a good poison ivy. And she yeah. comes back, you know, with red hair, wearing a green leotard, her skin's turning green. Uh, she has the uh, the poison kiss. And she uh, she blows these, like, pheromones that kind of uh, control men's brains. And I do love the fact that she tries to use it on Mr. Freeze, and he's like, uh, pheromone dust works to boil a man's blood. Won't work on me. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, they um, they, do, they they waste no time. They waste oh, no yeah. time establishing no. her. You know who was, you know who else was considered for poison ivy? Demi Moore, Sharon Stone, and Julia Roberts. And I think all of those would have been not as good. Not as good. Not as good. I, I like Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy is my only good casting in this movie, aside from uh, Michael Gao as Alfred. I think I think George Clooney had potential to be a no, good Batman. Okay, what I will say is George Clooney is a good Bruce Wayne. He's a that, that, shitty Batman. That was the point I was going to make. I think yeah. he did a good job playing Bruce Wayne, and I think if he had a better script... Uh, no, 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 no. I still think he would have been a bad Batman. think so? He's really just think, not great. I think I think for I think for a George Clooney Batman, you need to have the your your writer of the movie almost write it, knowing going in George Clooney is going to be Batman. Yeah, because and I, I don't feel think like, they did that. I feel well, like they didn't actually because they wanted to they wanted to script Val Kilmer, but he was um he signed on to do the Saint. They got him eventually. <laughs> Val Kilmer was already Batman before Clooney. Oh. Okay. They wanted to recast him as Batman, and he was like, "Mm, I'm going to do the same. Um, So so let's get into, we've talked about Mr. Freeze. We've talked about Poison Ivy. Let's talk about Bane. Yes. I have a big problem with Bane. Is he the Bane of your existence during this movie? Uh, No, fuck him, and fuck you for making that joke. (laughs) Uh, I will say the man who played Bane, Robert Swenson, the second, uh, bless his heart. He died a, a month before the movie came out. Or he died a month after. Yeah, no, after the movie came out. But so he saw the movie release, and then he died. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> excuse me. I feel really bad about that. But then I went and looked at. He was a professional wrestler, and then I had no regrets as to disliking his character. Um, he was originally named when he, uh. He he performed as a member of the Alliance to End Hulkamania. Yep. <laughs> and then he was nicknamed the Final Solution. Chad, uh, do you know yeah. what else uses the name the Final Solution? Yeah, no. The Final um, Solution was Hitler's plan to exterminate the Jews, Chad. Yeah, no, trust me, I know. And as you know, as the uh, avid wrestling fan on the panel, um, so um. I looked him up. I looked up the guy because yeah. I knew a wrestler played Bane. I just didn't know who. And then I looked him up. So they had to change that name. I, and even when I looked up like the wrestler, I said, "What was he in?" And then I looked up his wrestling. He was in the whole And I saw the final solution, and I thought, yeah. "Oh, he had to change guy. that." Uh, I will say, Jeep Swenson, uh, coming in at six foot four, beating out because of his height, Kane Hodder. The original choice for Bane was Kane Hodder. Do you know who else Kane Hodder played? 
Hit me with it. Jason Voorhees. Oh, that for, would have been a for a, a good portion of his run. That would have been a good as a spooky movie podcast. We would have signed off on that. Yeah, but they cast uh, Jeep Swenson. So yeah. Um. So one of the things I don't like about Bane in this movie is, God, they make him an idiot. Yeah. <clears throat> Woman door. <clears throat> that's literally how he talks in the movie. And that's and that's why I said you can tell the person who was making this movie had never was not a Batman fan. Because that's not Bane. Bane in the comics is a genius. Of course, Bane in the in the in the newest interpretation of him in the movies. Exactly, he's smart. You know, he doesn't look like a. Someone described Bane as I was looking for other reviews of this movie. They went, Bane is just. They went, Bane is a BDSM monster on steroids. I went, yeah, because. Um, Bane is created in this laboratory where this scientist who's working over Pamela Isley uh, <clears throat> she's trying to mix plants and animals to give them a chance to fight back in the wild but she's working with these venom samples and the doctor she's working for keeps taking them she's like I don't know what he's doing with them she opens his like secret Gilgamesh wing Um, it's describing it's stupid. Go watch it's it. One, you go, wow. He it's one of those wrong. things where it's like you worked here for how long with with this guy, and you never bothered to open up the door uh-huh. in the uh-huh. side of the wall that is an underground laboratory. Like, oh, it's not underground. They weren't even smart enough to conceal it that way. No, underground is in like like an underground oh, yeah. like, laboratory. Like they're doing illegal so, things in it. So she opens the door to this and sees uh. The scientist, whose name is so forgettable because he's an idiot. Um, she sees Dr. Jason Woodrow. Uh, and he's going, yes, yes. Uh, uh, well, you know what the sad thing is? In the comics, he's a Green Lantern villain, Jason Woodrow. And uh, nice. Green Lantern, the Adam, and he's the Floronic Man, also known as Plant Master. I was going to say, on his cast, on the cast... Uh, uh-huh. List. He's listed as Floronic Man. No, he's not. It says Jason Woodrow. Oh, you mean if you highlight over his name? Yeah. Um, but so he he's been taking this these venom samples, which are insinuated to just be venom from animals, and he pumps it into this prisoner, who's this Twiggy moron. Now, granted, in the comics, Bane wasn't that big before the venom samples. He was still huge. Bane in the comics comes in at... God, I don't know how big. <clears throat> Let's see if it actually gives an answer. I don't know. Bane comes in at like seven foot three. Bane's a big motherfucker. Oh my God, he's huge. Well, if you see the comic, and I'll, uh, I'll share... Chad, I'll share with you the image of... Uh, the original Nightfall image of him breaking Batman's back so you can just see how big he is. I, I've seen it, but yeah, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, but, I'll um, look at it. But he is huge. And so to have, like, Jeep Swenson coming at six foot four, you're like, that's kind of fair. Like, he's a big guy. But they start out with this just shrimpy, real weakling from this. They just, they just bring him as, like, an angry guy from a prison. I'm yeah. Like, well, that's not right. And then it's they pump him cool. full of venom. And then he's just like, 
do what say. And I'm like, I hate you. Now it's one of those things. My, my, so I, again, we've, we've made it. It's, it's, we, we've said that it's clear that the guy who made this movie had never seen or read Batman. Now, my, 100%. do you think when he was casting this movie, he just said, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so therefore I want him in the movie. Basically. And he, he pretty play, much did that. And he will, and he will play Mr. Freeze. But do you think somebody could have told him, hey, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger would be more fitted for Bane? You know, I would have loved that, but they still would have made him stupid and they would have covered his face. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they would have done it. The, Bane looks almost green when they put the venom into him. Yeah. And uh, he's defeated, spoiler, in the end of the movie by kicking out the tube of venom into the back of his head. Um. It doesn't shut him off. It's not a power cord for a robot. The Venom, for one thing, is a painkiller. So taking it out of his head, he would have been writhing in pain for hours until it got put back in, and he would have yeah. been depowered. Um, yeah. They knock this tube out of the back of his head, and he just tips back. Like a, like a robot that just turns Yeah, that doesn't happen. He'll turn back into Twig yeah. Bane. Um, anyway, let's get back to the cat plot of the movie here. So, Pamela Isley becomes Poison Ivy. Bane is a nightmare. And, um, Pamela Isley, uh, Poison Ivy's look, oh, um, she sees a beaker that says, Wayne Enterprises, insinuating that this underground, as you put it, lab in Brazil working on plants is Wayne Enterprises lab. That's stupid. I don't think I don't think it's that far fetched. Uh, I If you're I if they're a, it's it's like it's like on Marvel how everything's a stark uh technology. Stark I mean that's not true. Juggernaut. There's competitors for Stark like Hammer Industries. Yeah, but for the most part if you're a juggernaut company like you'd have comp- you'd, you'd have places all over the world. I don't think it's that far. I still I don't know. I still think it No, I I'm just talking for the level of shitty that this lab is. The lab looks like garbage. Oh, you're saying if this was a Wayne Enterprise thing. If it was a Wayne Enterprise lab, it would be oh god, the Cleveland Clinic of flower labs in Brazil. That's fair. That's fair. It, it looks like crap. It looks like you ever see those like kind of rude depictions of like people living out in the deserts in the Middle East where it's like a tent made of blankets. Yeah, it looks like that. That's my best way to describe that. Because it, it would not be. But I mean, they do say that Wayne Enterprises are their mysterious benefactor. Cut the cut the funding because the main doctor wanted to weaponize Venom. Which, again, it's insinuated that the venom is just animal venom. It's not like a serum that Bane created to become super strong. There's a lot of problems that I have with this. Like the first time when they take Mr. Freeze to prison, they transport him in a refrigerator. Not kidding. Go back and watch that scene, Jed. You'll see. He's in a fridge. But, um... Stay cool! (laughs) But, um... So, you know, Wayne Enterprises reveals this gigantic new telescope at the Gotham Observatory. Pamela Isley interrupts, um, which is one thing I find interesting because this means that, like, 
Poison Ivy in the comics is green. Like, her skin is green. Yeah. She survives through literal photosynthesis and shit. Yeah. Pamela Isley in the comics just wears a costume. I'm like, well, that's not right, because she was mutated into a plant human. Yeah. So she's able to walk into the event as Pamela Isley, not Poison Ivy, and present this project that helped the environment. Because the project would kill millions of people. Bruce Wayne's like, well, people come first, Dr. Isley. And she gets, like, mad. Um, and then that night, Wayne Enterprises holds this charity event with special guests, Batman and Robin, because they're trying to catch Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And who else shows up but Poison Ivy? Who <laughs> She does, like, her magic pheromone dust and really sets Batman against Robin, which is a big portion of this movie, because they were already having problems beforehand. Chris O'Donnell, I'm, Robin, was like, you don't trust me. How are you going to be partners if you don't trust me? And Batman's like, you're not smart enough. And then she sets them on each other, and they're mad. Um, so that where does that leave? Uh, Mr. Freeze steals the giant diamond from the event because he's trying to make a freezing engine to freeze the city. And it just so happens when he finally does make the freezing engine, it just fits perfectly into the telescope's base like it was made for the freezing engine. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. Did it was you also finally, notice that, Chad? It was finally crafted. Listen. <laughs> it just it just slides in like a fuel rod. And I was like, that's not okay. Whatever. All according to plan. So after that, uh, he's captured and detained in Arkham Asylum. Um, <laughs> Poison Ivy and Bane break him out of the out of the prison, and there's a great scene where Bane runs in with a shopping cart, and Mr. Freeze's armor is thrown in the shopping cart, and he goes, wow, a laundry service that delivers! It was like, I hate you. <laughs> I Like, that line was funny, but it was just like, oh god. A laundry service that delivers. Wow. Um, and then... On the other side of town, uh, Robin discovers that Alfred's niece, Barbara, who was uh, introduced earlier on, but it was a stupid scene, so I didn't talk about it, uh, is drag racing. They call it drag racing, but they're on motorcycles, so it's not really drag racing. Um, and that's because she's trying to raise money for Alfred, who's dying. Chad, what disease is uh, Alfred dying of? Um, does it say in the movie? Because I don't remember. It does. It's McGregor syndrome, which is the same thing that Mr. Freeze's wife is sick from. And Mr. Uh, Freeze is working uh, on a cure. And it's like, uh, that seems really convenient. Yeah, and Coolio was there. Yeah, Coolio was there. And then he got his ass kicked. And that's what turned him into Scarecrow. God, I wish. No, there's nothing that even sets up him becoming Scarecrow. He's just an asshole drag racer. But uh, there's a great scene when they're breaking out of Arkham Asylum where Bane tries to... By the way, they basically use Bane as a construction crew. They just have him break floors and doors and through walls and stuff. Yeah, he's just but, the wrecking ball. The yeah, but Poison Ivy's like, Bane, darling, an exit, please. And he runs into this stone wall and bounces off and she goes, reinforce steel! I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> So Mr. Freeze uses a tube from his armor and freezes the water fountain. Which, first off, if you have an ice villain, why would you put a water fountain in his cell? 
Yeah, not a good, uh, not a good idea. So he freezes the pipes, and they freeze all up the wall and break this hole in the wall. And he goes, "Always winterize your pipes." You should always, you should store his cell. Should be where you store like the leftover prison food. I no, that's that's the funny thing. In his hideout, he has a room full of like hungry man dinners. Yeah, like that made me laugh. I was like, yeah, "That's funny." So uh, they escape. You know, uh, Batgirl's gone drag racing. Which is not Batgirl yet. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin start to have issues because, I mean, well, they have issues always, but Poison Ivy. Uh, Poison Ivy then breaks the bat symbol and turns it into a Robin signal, signal which I was like... The, the, the thing that I had questioned was, how did she make the symbol in the sky turn red? That was my thing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, totally Red glass, it turns out, which is a stupid answer. <clears throat> but, so that happens. Uh, she lures Rob into her lair in uh, uh, the Turkish baths, which, again, I was like, okay. Um, this whole city has this ridiculous architecture, which it looks interesting, but realistically, no city's going to look like that. Like, I like the way that Gotham City looks in the movie. Yeah. Because I can see that being a way more accurate portrayal of Gotham City, like, from the comics. But keep in mind, Gotham City is either Chicago or in New Jersey, so it's going to be bad. Can we backpedal a little bit and talk about how when they're having the party to lure in uh, Mr. Freeze, Poison yeah. Ivy basically just, like, sol- sol- like oh. sold herself for money, and all of Gotham... She does, like, yeah. Yeah. And well, she blew pheromone dust all over everyone in the crowd. I know, but still, that's still. They were, no, they were. The whole point of the event was they were raising money to save the rainforest. Yeah, and uh, and they started bidding on these women wearing flowers, like to, like for a dance or a date. I can't remember, but either way, it's gross. Poison Ivy literally says, "You can take me home with you tonight." No, she's <laughs> like, "You can see everything you get here and everything you don't," and it's like. Oh. Oh! Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's Batman like yeah. $7 billion. No, no this, is, this has probably my favorite scene in the movie, where one guy's like, $500,000, and Batman goes, $1 million. And he and Robin go back and forth, you know, $2 million, $3 million. Batman's like, you can't afford it. And Robin's like, I'll borrow from you. And Batman goes, $7 million. And, and Robin goes, that's that's a utility gadget, not a bank account. And Batman pulls out a black credit card that says Batman Forever on it. And he's just like, I never leave home without it. Never like, leave that, the cave that, without it. That made me. That made me. If laugh. you look that, at the the credit card, it says Goth Card on it. Yeah, that was funny. He's like, never leave the cave without it. So I do love the fact that there is a canonical Bat credit card. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that that was just really funny in my opinion. I was like, that is charge fantastic. it to the charge it, just charge it to the dark night. Thank you, <laughs> Batman. Where do you buy this? The dark net. Dark net. The dark net for the dark night. But um, so basically, there's okay. There's a scene that comes up that bothers me, where they show earlier on Alfred recording like a DVD for his brother Wilfred. Yeah. And then Barbara comes, she's like, Uncle Al, which again bothers me. Don't call Alfred Uncle Al. He's like, give this to my brother. It's the utmost importance. Only family can be trusted. He's like, don't open it. So naturally she opens it. Yeah. Because you're a shitty family member. 
and it's revealed that Alfred is the one who designed the Batmobile and the Batplane and their suits and everything, and that bothers me because it's always been Lucius Fox or Bruce Wayne himself. Yeah, Alfred's just the Alfred's just the helpful mm-hmm. puppet. And another thing that upsets me: so Batgirl finds the Batcave, right? And yeah. it's an AI Alfred on the computer, and he's like. I thought you might. She's like, I want to help Batman and Robin. He's like, I thought so. So I designed something in your size. And like, that's creepy. So you mean to tell me <clears throat> this motherfucker invented you a, bat, ahead for, yeah. a Batgirl suit on the very slim off chance and my just happened to know all of your niece's measurements? That's weird. Yeah. And and Batman never saw it chilling around Because the, the suit is tight. I'm just going to yeah. say that. And Batman it's form-fitting. Batman never sees the, the costume chilling and, and says, Alfred, what is this for? <laughs> Alfred, what the hell? Trust but, um, me. So, it'll, all make yeah. sense it'll make sense, Master Bruce. But, um, so <clears throat> during this whole her finding the Batcave, um, Batman and Robin are getting their asses kicked by Poison Ivy. Robin, uh, she try, she reveals her plan to Robin because she's like, kiss me and I'll tell you my plan. He's like, tell me your plan and I'll kiss you. Full well knowing that Poison Ivy's kiss is murder. Yeah. And she tells him, and then he kisses her, and she's like, I guess that's it for you, bird boy. And he goes, sorry, Ivy, and peels his lips off and goes, rubber lips are immune to your charms. I'm like, oh, fuck, rubber lips. It upsets me. Yeah. Rubber lips! Anyway, the gadgets <laughs> are great. The, the, no, the other gadget that I was laughing at was in their original chase to get Mr. Freeze. Um, I didn't talk about it because it's ridiculous. He launches them in a rocket into the sky and is like, this will freeze your heart, Batman. They break out. They chase him through a frozen furnace. And then Robin jumps at Mr. Freeze and he freezes him in place. And he goes, you have 11 minutes to thaw the bird, Batman. Batman dunks him in a pool of water and pulls out this little laser heat gun. Yeah. I was like, nope, hate that. <laughs> 11 minutes. Can you be five. cool, Batman? You have 11 minutes to thaw the bird. Yeah. Um, the other gadget, though, the third gadget they pull out is Batman pulls out a little vine cutter. <laughs> he, he was hoisted into the ceiling by vines, and he pulls out this little buzzsaw and is like... <clears throat> Cutting through the vines. Robin is underwater being drowned by flowers. <laughs> You're like, holy hell. And then Batgirl makes her triumphant mm-hmm. view from the ceiling and fights uh, Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah. And, and Poison Ivy does something that I've always said no villain should ever do. Which is, first off, she reveals her future plans. But also, she reveals the shitty things she's done in the past. When they, yeah. when they broke Mr. Freeze out of prison... Uh, he was like, I'll get my diamonds. You get my wife. And Poison Ivy's like, you didn't mention a wife. Um, so instead of saving Mr. Freeze's wife, she unplugs the, the machine that's keeping her alive. Yeah. And in this fight with Batgirl, she's like, like I said to Lady Freeze when I pulled the plug, why would you reveal that you did that? And, yeah, these people don't know who that is. Like, no, literally. No, I mean, that, no, Batman knows who it is. But like, why would you reveal that on the off chance that Mr. Freeze is going to hear that and go, you told me it was Batman that killed my wife. Right, right. And it's like, no, no, it was her. Um, Batgirl beats the shit out of Poison Ivy. Yeah. Uh, knocks her back and 
and she gets eaten by her plant that was the throne. Then I'm like, Poison Ivy has control over plants. How did her own plant eat her? Yeah, yeah, she did nothing. I wondered that too. And I said, then, then there's a scene that bothers me where Batman's like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, it's me, Barbara. As if they couldn't tell. That bothers yeah. me. There, there's, a, another, to... there's a few great scenes in this movie. And he goes, well, how? And she goes, I found the Batcave, Bruce. Like, first off, you just said Bruce. How many Bruces are there in Gotham City? Yeah. And, and, Maybe and, don't say that so loud. And Robin goes, uh, she found out, Bruce. And he goes, we'll have to kill her later. <laughs> was like, All right, that's funny. She knows we have to kill her now. We'll kill her later. We need to get freeze. It's like, all right, you got me there. That made me laugh. Like I said, this movie is not 100% terrible. It's just dog shit. Yeah, there are some moments where you where it makes you it gives you a grin, but that's about it. <laughs> Let's kick some ice. Yeah. Um. Or the scene where he he shrugs off Mrs. Behaven, misbehaving, and she's like, "Ooh, the cold shoulder." <laughs> it's like, shut up. Um, so the final fight with Mr. Freeze, uh, he, he starts freezing the city because he's converted that, uh, gigantic telescope, right? Which, funnily enough, they don't talk about it all on the Wikipedia page. They don't, they they don't point out the fact that they just say when he gets to, when they get to the observatory, Gotham is completely frozen. That's all they say. And it's like, come on now. How? So yeah, that's just that's all they say. Mister Freeze froze Gotham using the laser. Basically, they try to undo it. Um, doesn't work. They have to use so sunlight. Then they, have this, they have this wild fucking cockamamie plan to move all the satellites and to reflect the sunlight from yeah. because uh, they they're uh, Batman's like we have eleven minutes to thaw the city and <laughs> sunlight do the job and he and uh Batgirl goes. Sun, uh, sunrise in five hours, and Robin goes, "But it's morning in the Congo." <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's morning in the Congo. Yeah, I was like, no, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. I forgot that that I forgot that 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 was how they unthawed the city. Like, and then when they put yep. it in, and yep. it's happening. I'm just like, okay, all right. Um. So the the kids beat up Bane. Like I said, it's an, an annoying fight, so I don't talk about it. Batman kicks Freeze's ass. And um, and so he's got Freeze there, and Freeze is like, that's it. Kill me like you've killed my wife. This scene is where you show that Batman is the only person who treats these villains like humans. He's like, I didn't kill your wife, Freeze. He's like, what? And he shows her a video from Batgirl's suit. That's uh, Poison Ivy going, like I said, when I pulled the plug on Lady Freeze, and he's like, he's seething with rage. And, um, and it was like, yeah, that's, that's fair. And, um, and Batman's like, yeah, she's alive, Freeze, and I'm having her move to Arkham Asylum so you can continue your research to save her. It's like, oh, that's actually humane. But he's like, but I need your help, Dr. Freeze. Help me cure McGregor Syndrome Stage 1. And he, like, pops this socket out of his, like, arm panel and gives him these two vials of medicine. And the Take line, the the line ruins the scene. Take two of these and call me in the morning. Like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that took me out. I said, okay, that was... But, but it's this genuine moment of, like, Freeze just being, like... 
Oh. Because um, Batman's like, help me save someone. And somewhere along the line, save the man that your wife fell in love with. He's still in there, Freeze. Buried deep underneath the snow. Damn it, stop this. But, and then, yeah, take two of these and call me in the morning. Yep, and then, and uh... The ending know. scene is probably the best part. Where Ivy is, like, pissed off in Arkham Asylum. And he, you just hear, like, he's put into Ivy's cell because they're modifying his cell like with the laboratory and stuff. And I'm gonna, I have my little script here of all his lines, and I'm just gonna read it. She's doing, he loves me, he loves me not. She goes, he loves me, and Freeze goes, not! Surprise! I'm your new cellmate, and I've come to make your life a living hell. Prepare for a bitter harvest. Winter has come at last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, There's so many just terrible puns, but like, they make the movie tolerable. Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. The puns, made, the puns make the movie watchable for me. So now that we've finished the story, I'm going to run down my little list of things that bothered me. Okay. They cast Coolio. Next point. <laughs> Uh, they use Bane as a wrecking ball. I said that already, but that's pretty much it. The CGI, when they do have it, is bad. Like, at one point, Poison Ivy plants these seeds in, in the, uh, the Turkish baths, and watching the plants grow made me visibly cringe. Huh. Um, yeah, that might have been... That was basically made to sell toys. That's really all there is to it. This movie sunk the Batman franchise until Christopher Nolan came along and saved it. Do I need to address the nipples in the Batsuit? No, I think we've covered that enough. It's just bad. <clears throat> um, the Batmobile looks like a Hot Wheels car. It does. It looks bad. There's a big red light in the front which insinuates some kind of jet engine. Even though that would clearly be in the back. Um, Bane is boring. Batman and Robin fight the whole time. There's no in, there's no insight on Mister Freeze. There's no like Nightfall or anything. They didn't flesh out Poison Ivy's character. The dialogue is bad. It's far too simple. The plot twists, if you can call them that, are awful. Uh, Robin's a little bitch. George Clooney's a terrible Bruce, a terrible Batman. Everyone makes these awful jokes, like the comment they make about Poison Ivy. They're like, oh, she's attractive, though. He's like, yeah, nice vines. And Robin goes, good buds. And Batman's like, oh, the buds are good, too. Yeah. But one of the most irritating things is Mr. Freeze's base, the ice cream shop. He's got a giant switch on the wall that has two settings. Heat and freeze. Do I need to say any more? The only thing that one of the few redeeming qualities about this movie was in the Arkham evidence lockup. There's two suits hanging up. And it's very clearly Jack Nicholson's Robin suit, or Jack Nicholson's Joker suit, and Jim Carrey's Riddler suit. I was They're like hanging on hangers, and I'm like, God, that makes me happy. Yeah, I, that was that that was cool. I, I I've never noticed yeah. it until I watched it uh, today. <clears throat> I like that. Um, I ha again, I have my list of all of Arnold's uh, little puns, like where, uh, <laughs> well, I get the diamonds, you and Meatloaf retrieve my wife. He just calls Bane Meatloaf for some reason. I was like, that's my favorite line. That was funny. That was funny. Um, 
poison ivy's like we'll kill the world and you and i freeze will be the only two people left and he goes oh yes adam and evil evil (laughs) he freezes someone and then goes ah chilled to perfection shut up yeah arnold schwarzenegger was the best part of this movie yeah surely wasn't bane in this universe there is only one absolute everything freezes Fuck. Freeze in hell, Batman! <laughs> I, I so, assume that was one uh, of your favorite lines. Yeah, no, I like that. I like I like I said, I liked all the puns. Uh he was the best but that was the best part of the movie and it made it It was just more the puns made it rough for a Batman movie. Yeah. Because Batman movies aren't full of puns. Well, I mean I think but no. I think I, but I think back then, well, hang on, because we didn't have the dark and brooding movies that we had now. Yes, the comics were always dark, but like, you know, back in the 90s, all we had were the campy, cheesy ones that we had. And so I think, you know, you could have had made a cheesy, campy Batman movie. Do I but need to this- look up dark movies from the 90s to prove you wrong? Like the movie I mean, Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Eyes Wide Shut. The Blair Witch Project, Chad. I didn't say we didn't have dark movies. I'm saying for superhero movies, like for Batman. We didn't have like any dark. Any, it's not like the Dark Knight was a thing back then. You know, so it's like you could have made a campy, cheesy Batman movie. And in fact, well, that you probably do realize that movie. you do realize that Val Kilmer's Batman movies were also the 90s, right? And that's a, OK. Yeah, but. Still, Chad Spawn came out the same year as this movie. I understand that, but the Batman movies, The Crow, were Chad, easy and campy, and so no, they weren't. They really weren't because Batman Forever and Batman Returns weren't horribly campy. Yeah, but you had Jim Carrey in, in, in some of those, and Jim Carrey. Okay, but he's playing the Riddler. That's literally his character. Right, but these movies that doesn't make the movie campy. No, but they were going to bring Danny back... DeVito as the Penguin. Yeah, and that was that's, that's not campy. Stupid. That's silly. No, it's not because he looks like the penguin. I'm just saying. I think there was already. You know who would have been the perfect film cast for the penguin? Former Vice President Dick Cheney. That's all I'm saying. Also, you know what I just found out? Um, reading the reading the Wikipedia for Batman Returns. Uh, Michael Keaton is set to reprise the role of Batman in the DC Extended Universe, starting with The Flash 2022. Oh, no. Why is Michael Keaton coming back as Batman? He's like 70. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. The only thing that I'm excited for in upcoming DC movies is uh, Shazam and Black Adam. Wonder Woman 2 is going to be good. Oh, I didn't think about that. By the way, do you know when they cast Shazam? Uh, do, do you know when they cast The Rock as Black Adam? A long time ago. 2014. Yeah. Movie still hasn't come out. Yeah. Nope. Those those are going to be good. Um, I always said I thought I thought it would be really funny if, uh, and I said this in like two, two, 2013, if they did a Kevin Hart, Terry Crews, buddy cop DC movie of Cyborg and Beast Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I and I still stand by that would be funny. Be interesting, definitely. And would definitely um, play off the campus. That is true. The old school. I don't know. DC. I don't remember the guy who played um, Cyborg in Justice League, but he was actually really good, and I wouldn't replace him. I would have him as like more more of Cyborg. 
I have I've seen the Justice League movie one time in my entire life. It was terrible, and I never watched it again. You know, if you don't watch it from a comic standpoint, it's not terrible. And I'm dressed as a bat. I dig it. And when Snyder Cut comes out, I'll probably check that out. But yeah, you damn right you're gonna check that out. I'm gonna buy it on Blu-ray. You're gonna come over here. We're gonna watch it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, yes, I'm gonna watch it, but I don't know if I'm gonna like it. Like, I still think it's gonna be bad. I think you're being overdramatic. If I can get through this movie, you can get through Justice League. Oh, of course, of course. I'm not saying I'm still saying it's gonna be I bad, did, but I'm I didn't like the it. scene in Justice League with the the singular Russian family. Yeah, <laughs> they, there's clearly a language barrier, so Flash is just like truck. <laughs> Gets her, but um. Justice League, that's for a different time. That might yeah. be in the bucket. Might be. It might be. Might get um, put in the bucket. But okay, Dom, um, I think we've covered this Batman movie. I don't yeah, know but there's, there's another thing we got to talk about. Yes. I think we should rate the Batman actors, the live-action Batman actors. I agree. I agree. Now, how many so, do you have, Chad? Um, I have Val Kilmer. I have uh, George Clooney. I mm-hmm. have um, um, I've got Christian Bale, uh-huh. Ben Affleck, okay. and um, and then I, um, um, Michael Keaton. And I was you forgot all- Adam West. Okay, and then so then I also Adam West. Yeah. Um, do you want to go through our little ranking lists here? Sure. Uh, I'll start with uh, mine. I'll, I'm starting from the worst to the best. And this yeah, is my so opinion. Is and if any of you out there have a problem with it, too bad. That's okay. You know, that's... that's, that's my that's, that's uh, my ranking list starts with, at the bottom, George Clooney. Surprise. Yeah, I, I think George Clooney, uh, and no Batman that has nipples on it is going to be... Uh, no. Oh, mind. My next is uh, Adam West. Mainly because... He, he's a weirdo. You know what? I had Adam West on mine too as the second to last, but that was only because he was on a TV show and he wasn't an actor. He wasn't like in one of the movies. Yeah, he was in Batman 1966, the full-on movie. Yeah, I, I'd never seen it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, it's not great. Um, next, I had Val Kilmer, and the reason is because the only people above it are Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, and Ben Affleck. It's really hard. Uh, I have uh, I have Michael Keaton here. Really? Yeah. I had Val Kilmer, then Ben Affleck, then Michael Keaton, and Christian Bale being my favorite. Oh, I mean Christian Bale's number one on mine too. But I have yeah. I have I have Michael Keaton here, and then I have Ben Affleck, and then I had Val Kilmer. See, I want to know how I... you can rate Ben Affleck in the top half if you didn't like Justice League. Oh wait, no. Sorry, no. I had Michael. I had Michael Keaton here, and then Ben Affleck, and then um, um, Val Kilmer, and then Christian Bale. Why is Val Kilmer rated so high to you? I just love the Val Kilmer Batman movie. <laughs> That's why Michael Keaton's second for me. Yeah. You know, what Michael That's- Keaton did on the set of Spider-Man: Homecoming while he was playing the Vulture. He would say, "I'm Batman." He would walk around scaring people, going, "I'm Batman." And 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 I let me press let me let me press into this by saying I love Michael Keaton as an actor. Like, like Birdman. I like Birdman. him more. Yeah, exactly. I, I like him more in Birdman than Batman. Yes, I like him more as an actor than I do Val Kilmer as an actor. I just think I, like I Val just Kilmer like, as an actor. I just like Val Kilmer as Batman. I just like his Batman. Uh, Batman. I don't know. 
Bill Kilmer's a hit or miss for me. That's how, and Ben, and I'm, and I'm the same way with Ben Affleck. There are some Ben Affleck movies I see where I, I love Ben Affleck in it, and then there are other things I watch him in, and I'm just like, all eh. I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say is that Val Kilmer was in Prince of Egypt. Yes. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Anyway, it wasn't Gods of Egypt, so there's that. It's, I mean, I thought I, I like Prince of Egypt. I think it's a good cartoon. It's not bad. Just it's there. Yeah, but uh, you know, Phil Kilmer was. Hmm. He played Doc Holliday in the movie Tombstone. He did. Yes, I. I take it that you don't know what happened in Tombstone, Arizona. Nope. That was the gunfight at the OK Corral with uh, White Earp. Oh, nice! Hell yeah! Yeah, he was Doc Holliday. Come on. Brush up on your cowboy knowledge, Chad. I'm not, a big, not a big Western guy, you know. I'm not. There's not a lot of Western movies that really pique my interest. Chad, you live in the Western world. Does, this I is Western media, it. Chad. Come on. I'm not a big, not a big Western guy. Well, are you a fan of the Smashing Pumpkins? Because they did the end credit song for Batman and Robin. I like Billy Corgan. Th- that wasn't my question. Billy Corgan's in the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I didn't ask if you like Billy Corgan. I asked if you like the bands. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Billy Corgan, so I think by default you what like was the Smashing Pumpkins. the other song in this? Oh, you know what song made me laugh when I saw on the soundtrack? Mm. There's a sound on the soundtrack called Gotham City. Would you like to know who sang that for this movie? Uh, was it Coolio? That would be R. Kelly. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, we don't need uh, to talk about him. No, we don't need to talk about R. Kelly. But um, the only thing Kelly. that I want to check is when his controversy started. Oh, <laughs> 1994. Oh, this movie yes. came out three years later. You hope yeah. they had him make the song before that. You hope. You hope. You know. You but hope, okay. You hope they had him make the movie before he married a 15-year-old. But that's a topic right. for a different time, and I didn't bring it up. Yeah, I hope it's it a topic. Was also, that another thing I will say about Batman and Robin is that they had a promotional campaign with Taco Bell. Oh, nice. They had a contest to win the uh, replica of the Batmobile as a prize. And while that would be cool for like a month, I think must use a lot of gas. I don't think I'd ever drive it. I think it would just be for But again, then where are you going to put it? If you live in the middle of like, if you live in a a suburb outside of Chicago and you win the Batmobile... You're going to get mugged or it's going to get damaged because you're going to leave it. Are you going to put it in your one car garage and have your just as expensive car sit outside? Uh, You drastically uh, overestimate how expensive my car is. It would definitely go in my garage and my my car would just go outside. You, you, Chad. I mean, you, whoever won the Batmobile. If I won the Batmobile, it would go right in my garage. I mean, that's fair. This, um, and I would, what I would say, that's, yeah. You just sit there flipping switches. I'm Batman. I would pretend to drive it. Yes, exactly. But um, you know this movie in the box office didn't do great. It made forty two, almost forty three million dollars its first week, but it also had early competition from movies like Hercules, Men in Black, and Face Off. Hercules was the very first movie I ever saw in theaters. Really? Yep. Um, uh, first movie I ever saw in theaters was uh, Shrek. Oh, great! And movie. I cried halfway through, and we had to leave. Shrek may or may not be in the bucket. 
Get, yeah. I'll just confirm that one now. Yeah, Shrek's in the bucket. So uh, we're not apologizing. I was gonna say I was gonna ask why you confirmed that Sharknado's in the bucket, Chad. I was gonna cry. Well, I was gonna ask why you cried during Shrek, but maybe we should save that for the Shrek podcast. Do you want the answer now? Let's save it for the podcast. No, the answer is I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't remember. I'll have to ask my mom why I cried during Shrek. I was gonna say. Hang on. Keep in mind. When did Shrek come out? Nineteen ninety nine. No, 2001. Oh. You know what? It couldn't have been Shrek. I remember leaving Shrek. Oh, you know what? It might have been Shrek 2. When did Shrek 2 come out? We're, we're answering these questions now. 2004. Uh, it was probably Shrek 2. All right. So the first movie I saw in theaters was Shrek 2. Wow. Yeah, what a mistake. I saw, I saw Shrek 1 in theaters. <laughs> yeah, but you were also like 13. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Chad. Uh, and don't bring me that math bullshit into it. <laughs> well, then I guess I can't help you. <laughs> you know what I have to do before we sign off this episode? Uh, Batman and Robin Rotten Tomatoes. Well, we also have to draw another movie. We do, yeah, but I need to uh I need to see a Batman. <laughs> uh Total reviewers, like actual reviewers on Batman and Robin, 93 of them gave it an 11%. Oh, uh, nice. The audience score, over half a million people uh, reviewed Batman and Robin on Rotten Tomatoes and has an overall of 16%. I think that's very, uh, I think that's right where it deserves. Here's the, crit- here's the critic consensus, which really goes with what we've been saying, what I've been saying at least. Joel Schumacher's tongue-in-cheek attitude hits an unbearable limit in Batman and Robin, resulting in a frantic and mindless movie that's far too jokey to care much for. Pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. All right. You know what? Let's get this piece of shit out of the way, and I'll pull another movie. Well, first, first we should uh, first to, to keep on track with all the other movies. I'm oh, gonna yeah. Write- we're going to write this movie? Yep. I'll give it one bat rang out of ten. I'm giving it four bat nipples out of ten. Okay. All right. I gave it a one. I maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I should I, I think, think I'm you not- are. No, because I was the one who was like, God, this movie's garbage, and I gave it a better rating than you did. I think I'll, I think I'll match your four. I think I'll match your four. Four bat nipples out of ten? Yeah. Because Alicia Silverstone's Batgirl costume didn't have nipples. But what I will say is her her, her breast armor came to a point, which was bizarre. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't have nipples, though, because that would have just been inappropriate. That would have been very, made me um, very uncomfortable. Speaking of inappropriate, when they do the suit-up montage, they give a very close-up, lo- much longer than it used to be, shot on George Clooney's crotch in the bat suit. And yeah. they do the same thing with Alicia Silverstone's butt and front area. Yes. And I'm just like, well, you could have not done that, and it would have been perfectly fine. Why do we need a changing montage? They can't just show up in costume. We have to see them uh, change. See, yeah, I would have loved an old, like Adam West moment where they go down the fire pole dressed in normal clothes, and when they hit the bottom, they're wearing a costume. Right, right. Anyway, that's how I grew up knowing Batman got yeah. dressed. Yeah, you did grow up in the '60s. Right, exactly. All right. First, I, mean, I, was, uh, I mean, I was 13 when Shrek came out. So. Yeah, and you were 35 when the '66 movie came out. It's weird. 
Are you yeah, Benjamin? Are you Benjamin Buttoning? I think I'm a time traveler. Oh my god, get me out of here! <laughs> Not to date this episode, but uh, isn't today election day? Get me out of here! Yeah. Yes, yes. I wish I could tell you what to expect in a week, but uh, I'll there's, uh, there's we'll a very start. bad joke that I heard that I will tell you when we stop recording, Chad. Yes, yes, very much. Anyway, true. it's bucket time. Yes, you can hear me playing with the. Oh, I knocked one out. Whoops, that's on the floor. All right, and our movie for next week is The Purge. Oh, okay, cool. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I'm cool uh, with that. The Purge. Since we are talking about The Purge, I'd like to shout out my 11-year-old sister who went in the Purge mask for Halloween. Nice. Props yeah. to her for watching a movie that I didn't. Yes. I yes. mean, no, so no the- I've seen The Purge totally. So this will be will this be your first time watching the purge for the nice cool. I watched the purge election day. I had, did not. It's not great. Right. It doesn't probably not. Probably I not. just remembered a movie that needs to go in the bucket. What's the movie? Um, you know what? Let's uh let's let's talk once or twice more about uh, anything else we have to say about this movie while I check the list to not embarrass myself. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Aside I from mean, the fact that we didn't need to watch this movie at all but i didn't say that yeah yeah i mean i it's fine it was fine it was it was i was okay and by okay i mean it was bad but uh you know it's done now and uh leaving the bucket and we're not gonna have to watch it again this is that was the first movie we took out of the bucket and kept out Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so the movie that I was thinking it was not on the list, and you know what? I'm going to give this one out and let people know what it is. It's called The Belko Experiment. Okay. And and The Purge made me think of it, and Chad, I'll tell you why later. And um, cool. that's a good one to put in there. I liked it. Nice. Anyway. All uh, right, guys. Thank I've you been Dom for- from the radio, yes, as always. For- well, hang on, hang on. Thanks for listening oh. to that sound. Make sure you uh, give it a like. Um, give, leave a review um, for us um, and uh, do all that stuff. Subscribe. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead, Domino. I was just going to say, uh, Hail Satan. Or have or a, or have an ice day. Hey, Chad. Yes. You know what I have to say to you? Yeah. Let's kick some ice. Ha, 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 ha.